A quick reminder, the hosts of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said on the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. And today's episode is episode 41. It's hard to believe we're that far down the road. This is Mike Frost, and today on the podcast, we'll be discussing what's on a lot of people's minds, the $1.9 trillion stimulus package. What's in it? What's not in it? And what it can mean for you. First of all, let's welcome to the podcast our founder and CEO, David. David, you ready for your stimulus? (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I'm getting any, but, but uh, no, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this today. This is an important topic that's on the top of a lot of people's minds. A lot of folks' mind. And Natalie, Natalie, our producer and marketing director extraordinaire. Natalie, are you excited about the stimulus package? Sure. I, I, I'll take it. <laughs> and that's a lot of sentiment from a lot of folks. Okay. All right, folks. First of all, let, let, let's start off. This recording is on March the 12th. We know that the it was signed into law yesterday. Can there still be changes made? I don't think so, but who knows with Congress. So, But as of today, what we know, only 9%, get that, 9, 9% of this $1.9 trillion stimulus package is going to COVID-related issues. Make sure you understand that only 9%. All right. Also not in the bill is student loan forgiveness. However, there is a provision in there that says if you're under the current student loan forgiveness program where you pay X amount for 10 years and it's forgiven, that is tax-free now. In the past, it had been taxed if you got that benefit. And that goes through 2026. So to me, David, I think that's just going to be a precursor so they can pass some type of student loan forgiveness program. Probably so. All right. Okay, let's get into what's in the bill. What is actually in the bill? First and foremost, what everybody's talking about, what a lot of people are excited about, $1,400 per person hitting people's bank accounts could be as early as this weekend. What do you guys think about that? Well, I mean, my my initial thoughts are if, um, you know, if if it were not just 9% of the bill that was going to COVID-related issues, that check would be more like $15,000 per person, right? If, if it was all going to the American people. Um, but, uh, you know, my, my other thoughts on that is that, you know, eventually this bill is going to have to be paid somewhere by someone at some point along the road because this is, all this money is just essentially being printed or borrowed out of thin air, you might say. And so, you know, there's a long-term, there's a long-term cost to that money that's going to have to be repaid at some point, somehow, some way by the American taxpayer, or, you know, even if it's not you, the person who's getting the benefit, it's going to be your children or grandchildren that's going to be paying that bill. And their, their cost on that is going to be a whole heck of a lot more than $1,400 a person. And yes, my grandchildren will be paying for it. Natalie's grandchildren will be paying for it. Uh, but most of the people today are like, hey, send me the money. I yeah. Show me the money. Yeah. Well, it's $1,400, but there are some limitations on it. Well, and, and before we switch off that gear too fast, 
you know, the, the actual benefit should be, as I said, more like $15,000, $15,500 per person. So you're getting maybe, some people are getting maybe a $1,400 per person benefit, but the true cost is $15,500 per person. So you're getting $1,400. Some people are getting $1,400 of benefit that's costing somebody at a minimum of $15,500 for that benefit. So anyway, now that, that somebody is the American taxpayer. That's correct. The American taxpayer. All right. For those of you that are going to be getting this, or you think you're going to get it, how do you get it? What's the criteria? Well, right now, if you're single and you make less than $80,000, you're going to get $1,400. If you have any dependents living in your home, 17 or younger, they also get $1,400. And if you're some of those that have adult parents, adult children, adult dependents living at home, guess what? They get $1,400. Natalie, here's a question. Do people that are incarcerated, will they be eligible for this $1,400 payment? Yes, I do believe so. They absolutely are. If you're incarcerated, you get $1,400 <laughs> payment, and you may show, have it show up this weekend. So the cost of this, David, is estimated at $422 billion just for this portion of it. See, when it's a $1.9 trillion bill, it's a very small percentage. So, okay, folks. So now I said singles. If you're married if you and you file taxes, married, filing jointly, if you make 160 or below, you're eligible for the $1,400. And so how do you determine what that is? Well, it's called AGI, adjusted gross income. That includes all your income. And then you subtract out some expenses like alimony, business expense, HSAs, IRAs. It would be what you call your Schedule 1 uh, if you're doing your taxes. That's the technical piece. Okay, David, so, so there's a little tweak here we need to pay attention to is when should you file your 2020 taxes? Because it could make a huge difference in what, how much of the stimulus you get. So, for example, in 2019, you grossed as a single person $50,000 and you did your taxes and that's what you did for 2020. Now in 2020, you actually made 90,000 and now you're at the point of ready to do your taxes. Should they file their taxes now or should they wait until the stimulus checks come out? Well, you should wait till the stimulus checks come out. Do we have a date of when those are supposed to come out? They could possibly start coming out this week. Okay. So in that case, you would want to wait because remember the, the threshold here for a single person is $80,000. So if you made more than $80,000 as a single filer in 2020, you should wait. If you haven't already, hopefully you haven't already filed your taxes. You should wait because otherwise if you file your taxes and you made more than 80, then you're over the threshold to be eligible for the stimulus. If you're married, that threshold is 160. So if you made, you know, more than 160, you should wait to file your taxes. So this is very important. If you're anywhere close to those threshold numbers, you want to make sure you, you plan on when you file your taxes. Now, the opposite could be true. If you're a married couple, and let's say in 2019, you made 170, and during the pandemic, you were out of work, and now you only made 85, 90, whatever the number is, anything lower than 160, then you need to hurry up and file those taxes so the IRS has that lower amount, so you could be eligible for this stimulus plan. So very strategic. Work with your CPA if they do it. But if you're close to it, pay attention on when to or when not to file your taxes. All right. By the way, folks, this thing was over 600 pages long. We're, we're going to do our best to condense this real tight here in about 20 minutes. And if you really want to know 
how much you're going to get. There's about 15, I think, online calculators. Just go in there, type in, and find out online stimulus calculator, and there's a bunch of them. Okay. So, stimulus, we got that. We got $1,400 a person, potentially, for everybody under that, those thresholds. How about if they're unemployed? Well, what's coming out with that? $300 a week unemployment through September 6, 2021. Right, Mike? So, we're going to extend the unemployment benefit. You get the state benefit. Then, on top of that, the federal government's going to pump in $300 per week, and that'll go through September, an extension of three or six months, but they added another little caveat in there that you can earn up to $10,200 of unemployment and it not be taxed. That's correct. Wow. <laughs> that's correct. I mean, that's uh, that's a good benefit for, for people who need it, you know, who are unemployed. So that's about half of what the stimulus is going to cost. That's about $250 billion. And then here we come again. Here's another one. Hey, if you've got children living at home, you're going to, you, currently you have a tax credit of $2,000 a child. That's going to be bumped to $3,000 a child. And if they're under six, it's going to be $3,600 per child. And it is fully, fully refundable, meaning if your children, you have children at home and you don't actually work and you don't have an income, you get $3,600 a year for that child without having paid in any income tax. All right, we're going to cover a few other key things here in the stimulus bill. Uh, just give you a quick what they are and how much they're costing. And, and from depending on your perspective, these are un-COVID related items. Pension plans, pension plans that are underfunded out there in the bill, there's $58 billion to help shore up those pension plans. David, Obamacare, Obamacare. They've put a, a feature in there where it says no family will be paying more than 8.5% of their income on health care. So if you're paying more than that, you're going to get some type of a subsidy to help get your health care down. That sounds like a deal, doesn't it? Sounds like a... A great deal for health insurance companies. <laughs> There's a thing on extended leave, sick leave, another $14 billion. Now, Tom Cotton, I've got a quote from Tom Cotton here. He says that there's uh, paid leave for federal workers for $400 million. And the other day on Fox News, he, he quoted saying, if you're in the middle of the country and you're off work, you get the $1,400. But if you're a federal employee, you don't get $1,400 a week. So now that's Tom Cotton, so don't blame it on me. You can talk to Tom. All right. Uh, COBRA, you're out of work, and you get COBRA, which continues your health insurance, $8 billion to cover the COBRA cost for people that are laid off. Wow. State governments. Oh, this is a political football, David. You, you'll love this one. State and local governments, uh, i.e. New York, California, that have shut down their economies, okay, tax revenues are way down, they're going to get a nice bump. What are they getting, David? $195 billion, which is, uh, and again, it's just frustrating for me to talk about this stuff because it's the, the governments that mismanage the whole COVID shutdown and, you know, they're essentially getting a, a bailout from, from the government. Well, that's so the state government, what you just quoted. That, yeah, that was the state government. Local, Local government. is $155 billion. So we put those together, that's almost $400 billion for state and local governments, very close to what the $1,400 per person is. 
Uh, I'm with you. <laughs> All right. How about Native American language preservation? Well, that's an important one. Going that, and it's going to be has some museums in there as well. $500 million. These numbers are so big, we just can't hardly comprehend them. Uh, education and labor. This is to open the schools back up, okay? That is $290 billion. That's more than the unemployment piece is. And, and a lot of schools are still closed, and they still got money they haven't spent yet. Okay, here's one for you. David, I, I, I'm afraid to even mention this one. Family planning, Planned Parenthood. Are they getting any money out of this bill? $50, $50 million. So you're, you're taxpaying dollars hard at work there. Going to uh, great, great organizations like Planned Parenthood. Wow. All right, I'm going to roll through a few of these here. We're just going to get through with this. Energy and commerce, testing and contract tracing, vaccines, distribution, which would we need that for this, $122 billion. Transportation infrastructure, $90 billion. You know, in there, there was this bridge to nowhere for Schumer and then this uh, subway or something out in California for Pelosi. I think those have got cut out of it, though. Uh, financial services, airlines, rental assistance and all that, $71 billion. I think airlines got 50 of that. Small businesses, restaurants and bars, another $50 billion. Veterans Affairs, healthcare services, facilities, co-pays, $17 billion. Here's one I was listening to on the news this morning. Agriculture, there is a provision in here that will pay 120% of a farmer's outstanding debt. 120%. So, you know, being financial people, 120% means... You're making you money. Making money on your debt. <laughs> this doesn't go to all farmers. Foreign affairs, $10 billion. Space science and technology, a billion. Natural resources for climate crisis at home and abroad, <laughs> one billion. Okay, folks. <laughs> all right, you get it. Uh, from our, our perspective, Mike's perspective, there's a lot of pork in here when you're only spending 9% of this bill towards COVID-related issues. All right, so what should people do? All right, here they are. Most people in America, not everybody, but most people in America are going to get some of this money. David, what would you recommend they do with it? Well, first of all, to, to summarize, I would, I would re we would recommend that you delay filing your taxes, depending on whether you're at one of those thresholds. But as far as, let's assume then that you are eligible to get this stimulus and you're about to get, you're about to see a deposit in your checkbook. Well, obviously the uh, what the government wants you to do is they want you to spend that money because that will stimulate the economy. 70% of U.S. GDP comes from consumer spending. So if people go out there and spend it in the economy, theoretically that, you know, that, that helps corporate earnings go up, which helps the market and the economy continue to prosper. However, you know, we would, we would recommend if you don't already have an emergency fund, which is defined as three to six months worth of living expenses, by all means, Put that in your emergency fund and treat it like it's only take that money out if it's truly, truly an emergency, something you could not foresee coming. Or, you know, we would recommend paying down debt. Now, is it, even though, you know, some people may disagree with this philosophy because people, you know, that we talk to sometimes say, yeah, but money's so cheap that you can get you can get lots of debt for almost nothing right now. But the, what but, they're missing on that, David, and that's right. Money is cheap, but. What they're not calculating there is risk. What if you That's lose right. your job? You lose your job. That's still a debt you got to pay back. Another risk that people may not be fully accounting for is inflation, right? What if the cost of 
living goes way up due to inflation getting out of hand. We're already starting to see gas prices going up. Imagine utility bills start to go through the roof. All of a sudden, it costs a whole lot more just to live life. And you've got that debt service payment. You could get in trouble faster than you realize. So we always want to be conservative in telling you to pay down debt if you've got debt. Also, you know, save, saving up for a future for a future purchase, right, Mike? Uh, right. But Natalie, is there a future purchase in your future? Hmm. I think my husband may have something in mind. <laughs> and then if you do all those, David, the last thing we would suggest for you do is then invest it. If you don't need it, if you've done all the others, then just put it to invest it for future. Okay. Uh, but again, like David said, what they want you to do is go out and spend it. Be unusual, be different and get that emergency fund, pay down that debt, save for a future purchase and then invest. So again, we said $1,400 a person. All right. If you're married, filing jointly and, and you make less than $160,000, you're going to get it. Uh, if you have dependents, they're going to get $1,400, including adult dependents. I mean, if you, your parents live with you and they're on your taxes, they get the $1,400. And the change went from age 16 to 17 this year. If you have a 17-year-old, it gets counted. And as David said, be, pay attention on your income. Where was it when you filed your taxes in 2020? What does it look like when you get ready to file in 2021? If you've made more in 2020 than you did 2019, hold off filing your taxes. If you made less in 2020 than you did 19, hurry up and file them so the IRS knows to use that to make your qualifications. All right, folks, that's about it for today. Natalie, tell us how they can submit questions about the stimulus plan, inflation, investing, anything else to do with their money. Yes, you can contact us at podcast at Mach1FG.com. You can email us there or go to Mach1FG.com and click on the podcast tab. And you can look at all of our previous podcasts as well as fill out a form to um, let us know uh, what guests you might like to hear on the podcast next or any, any subject matters you'd like us to talk about. Thank you, Natalie. Natalie does a great job producing this show and doing all the behind-the-scenes work to make us look good. If you were here during our tapings, you know it doesn't always sound this good the way she makes it sound. All right. Job well done, Natalie. All right. So, thought of the day. We like to do a thought of the day each week. If it puts you in the red instead of in the black, put it back. You're going to be getting a lot of stimulus money here, but if it puts you in the red instead of in the black, Put it back. Well, that's it for today, folks. We appreciate you listening to the podcast, and we look forward to you joining us next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mach-1financial.com disclosures.